Good morning, Wilshire. We are glad that you're with us again this morning. You know, I'm tired of this lockdown. I suspect you're tired of this lockdown. It will not last forever. And I, our elders have been very careful. They've been taking in all the available information. They're not going to jump the gun and reopen too soon. But we are going to be together again. And I'm really looking forward to the chance for us to share fellowship in person again. In the meantime, thank you for being faithful. Uh, Jeremy says it's just really touching. Uh, he comes in on Monday morning and people are still sending in their contribution checks. Uh, we get all these uh, uh, views on Facebook and on YouTube and lots of likes. And, and so we know you guys are, are checking in. We know you guys are watching. We appreciate that. And uh, keep that up. Keep up the other kinds of fellowship that we have. We'll get through this together. Well, we have finished our study of Matthew that we were on for months and months and months. And so Jeremy and I are just going to look at some passages in all parts of the Bible that have to do with God coming to save us, God coming to rescue people. And uh, these are encouraging passages to me. I hope they'll be to you. And it gives us a chance to look at, at the whole sweep of the Bible for a change. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to start back in the book of Genesis with the story of Joseph. God coming to rescue Joseph. This is a story that you'll know pretty well, but uh, we'll, we'll just go over the basics. Um, it starts, of course, with Joseph being born into what can only be described as a dysfunctional family. You know, on TV, sometimes we have dysfunctional families that are played for comedy. Uh, people have weird, quirky personalities, and that sets the writers up to tell a bunch of jokes, sort of put a lot of uh, funny things in their mouths. The kind of dysfunction that was in Joseph's family was not funny at all. Four different mothers, one father, very wealthy family, but because of the different parentage of all the different children, 12 brothers, one sister, uh, all of them uh, half related to each other, all of them vying for their part of the inheritance of this, what was essentially a Bedouin empire, uh, the herds and flocks of Jacob and all of the people that were beholden to him, the boys wanted their share and they eyed each other with jealousy. And, and there was a real clear sense of worry that somebody was going to get preference. And into that system comes Joseph. And uh, Joseph is his dad's favorite, as this first verse makes clear. Now, Israel, or that's the other name for Jacob, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. This is not sitcom. This is... Um, this is true hatred, murderous hatred, as it turns out. And it's made worse by the fact that Joseph, as the pampered child, is kind of clueless. And so he has this dream. Dreams are a big part of his story. He has this dream, and he just tells the dream. In fact, he tells two dreams. 
Here's the first one. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I've dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So Joseph gets sent to go to his brothers when they're far away from dad's influence, and this is what happens as a result of their jealousy. They saw him, Joseph, from afar. Before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of the pits. Then we'll say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we'll see what will become of all of his dreams. When Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, let's not take his life. Reuben said to them, shed no blood, throw him into the pit here in the wilderness. Don't lay a hand on him, that he might come and rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. And then Judah said to his brothers, what profit if we kill our brother and conceal his brother? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he's our brother in our flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up, lifted him out of the pit, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Well, there's the whole gross family drama. The Bible doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't make people cute or clever. Uh, or quirky. They're just evil, and they do a terribly evil act. They break their father, Jacob, or Israel's heart. They uh, sell their own flesh and blood into slavery in Egypt, uh, and they do it with callous, callous hearts. For them, they feel like they've done a good thing, because at least they didn't murder him. So you can see how bad it is. In this fallen world, bad things happen to good people sometimes. And God is the God of this world, but he has not promised us that bad things won't happen. The world is subject to sin. It's subject to the fall. And even though you're God's person, bad things can happen. You can get sick. People can treat you badly. People can even do terrible things to you. That's part of being in God's world. That's part of the story, but it's not the whole story. And as we read what the rest of the things that happened to Joseph, we realize there's another side to the darkness of the fallen world. And that side has to do with the presence of God. Now, Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had brought him from the Ishmaelites who brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. And he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. It goes on to say that Potiphar trusted him more and more, and eventually he comes to run the whole household, and Potiphar doesn't have to worry about anything at all because the Lord is with Joseph. I want to focus on that phrase, the Lord is with, was with Joseph. This is the key to all the rescue stories that we're probably going to tell in this series. 
the Lord is with us. It's true that we live in a fallen world. It's true we live in a world where sometimes bad things happen, even to good people. It's true we live in a world where we can't see what God is doing. His paths are not at all transparent to us, and often they seem mysterious and dark, and we wish he would make his purposes plain. But he is with us. And because he is with us, we will be blessed. No matter what happens to us, God is with us and we will be blessed. That's what happens in the Joseph story. Things sometimes go badly, sometimes go goodly. The next thing that happens, goodly is not a word, but I used it anyway. The next thing that happens to Joseph, as we know in the story, he gets thrown in the prison because of a false accusation of attempted rape by his masters, uh, from his master's wife. She accuses him, his master throws him in prison. He languishes there for years. Where's God? Well, God uses that too. That allows him through various other things that happen to come to the attention of Pharaoh, to interpret Pharaoh's dreams about seven great years followed by seven bad years. And in the end, Joseph is elevated and he becomes essentially the viceroy of all of Egypt. And he saves the land from starvation and he's able to do more than save the land. And maybe that's the last little bit of good news I want to leave with you this morning. No matter what happens, God is with us and we will be blessed. Our suffering, God will turn to good. He doesn't stop the suffering always, not nearly as often as I wish he would, but he uses bad things that happen for good purposes. And maybe the best piece of news is this, comes at the very end of the book of Genesis. Joseph's brothers come to him after Jacob has died and say, God said uh, through our father Jacob that you must not hurt us. You must not take revenge for what we did to you. And Joseph's answer is such a great godly answer. Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about what many that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. You meant it for evil. Joseph's not naive. He knows what his brother's motives were. But God meant it for good. The suffering of Joseph. Here's the good news for you and me. The suffering of Joseph was turned by God, not just into a blessing for Joseph, though it certainly was, but was also turned into a blessing for Joseph's entire family, the family of promise, the family of Israel, the whole nation of Israel in embryonic form with those 12 brothers representing the 12 tribes that would be. And Joseph, because of what he suffered and what God brought him through, he was in a unique position to offer them blessing. Brothers and sisters, here's the message for today. God doesn't take us out of suffering, certainly not as often as we wish he would. But we do have this assurance if we believe what scripture says. God's with us. 
And he does find ways to turn even the bad things in our lives into blessings. And not just for us, but for the people around us. And that may be the best blessing of all. Well, God bless all of you. Keep strong, keep praying. I miss you, and I'm looking forward to when we can be together again. Bye-bye.